morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Let's take our Holy Bibles and go to the Gospel of Luke and drop down to chapter 8, and we're going to begin today in verse 4. We're going to talk about the subject of its working, a fantastic experience in your life, the reality of when it is working, what that, what that does is really amazing. We're going to talk about it. Let's pray first. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would bring the word to a place of preeminence in our lives. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God. We trust you and thank you for the work of your spirit in Jesus name. We all agree and say amen. Luke chapter eight, verse four. And when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. So you have to envision a very large crowd. He's not just speaking to 100 or 200 people, but this went into the thousands. Now, verse 5, a sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. The parable that we're looking at, a parable being a teaching that has a hidden meaning. This parable is actually mentioned in all four Gospels. Some theologians call it the granddaddy of all the parables. I really believe it is. And Jesus even referring to this parable, which he, uh, you know, he would teach at different places. And all four Gospel writers picked it up and recorded it in their particular Gospel. But Jesus even said that, how can you understand any of the parables if you don't understand this one. So it is very important, and it has a great purpose for our lives. Verse 6, some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. Now, there are other times when the Lord mentions 30, 60, and 100fold. But here, I love what he said at this sermon, where he just gets right to the, what we would call the bread and butter. He gets really to the best part, and he goes right just to the hundredfold. And I want that to be your focus, okay? But others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. That needs to be your aim. Really focus on that. Praise God. Now, when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What is the 100-fold? It is the maximum return possible on that seed that you have sown. Get ready for it. Praise the Lord. Get ready for your harvest. Verse 9, Then his disciples asked him, saying, What? does this parable mean? And he said, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to the rest, it is given in parables that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. You have some that hear it doesn't mean much to them. And uh, even if they were a little more curious, really, they don't care. They're just not really into what we would call the things of God. So, God allows that on purpose to stay hidden to them. And it, it is very important that you honor and respect the things of God. Let me say this. You can never receive from someone or something that you don't esteem or that you just dishonor or that you don't like. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't like that person. Well, you can't receive from that person. And, you know, that works as far as trying to, you know, teach, and they, they can't receive the teaching. Maybe they don't like your style. Maybe they don't like your hair, hair color. And there have been people, they, uh, you know, they've got different hair colors. And, uh, you, know, you know, Jan Crouch, you know, the co-founder of TBN, she had that pink hair. And some people could, they just couldn't get past the pink hair. Now, I... You know, you know, to me, it looked like cotton candy, you know, but hey, if that's what makes her happy, you know, let her enjoy her pink hair. But some people they couldn't receive just because of something like hair color. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are just these 
silly hurdles that people allow themselves to stumble over and trip over, and thus they can't receive because of something that, uh, here's the thing. If you, if you're looking for a reason of why you can't receive, trust me, there'll always be something. Well, he, he says hallelujah too much. Well, he doesn't say hallelujah enough. And that person is a little too charismatic. Uh, that person is a little too boring. They're too monotone. Uh, they need some more oomph in their step. And, uh, and on and on it goes. But if you're looking for truth and you're looking for light, uh, you don't care who the messenger is because messengers come in all different shapes, sizes, personalities, and whatever, and you know, styles along with that. But you're just looking, you're looking for the voice of God, and you're able to receive even from unlikely sources. Praise God. So Jesus makes these teachings, these parables, just as plain and easy to understand for those who really want to know. Whether it's a child, whether it's an adult, he's not talking quantum physics. He's bringing it down to the very basic, most basic levels of society that anybody could understand, even if you have no education past the sixth grade. Praise the Lord. Now let's continue on. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And we need to stop right there just for a moment because the word of God is sown into the hearts of people. Okay. And the word also can be seen as Financial seed, even it's amazing. Uh, uh, even Paul, even Paul talked about sowing seed, and he talked about how money can be seed, but the the various forms of the word being sown as a seed of forgiveness, as a financial seed, as a seed of love or a seed of encouragement. On and on it goes, the many dimensions of this one teaching. But you have to hold it to the primary core, and you see all the colors coming out of it. The seed is the word of God. Praise the Lord. And the word of God needs to be preeminent. It has to be number one. And if it's not, you're never, you're never going to see the 100 fold in your life. Praise God. There's no need to try to reinvent the wheel or try to come up with another method. You have to put the word first place. Years back, when my wife and I were traveling, we, and we, we still travel today, just, uh, you know, years back, we used to travel a whole lot more. Every, every month, we were gone three weeks out of every month on the road traveling. And I remember we went to a certain young church. It was a new church that had just uh, been planted. It was just getting started. The, the pastor was a young guy. He was real cool. He was real nice. He said, Pastor Stephen, please come help me with this church and come to a meeting and uh, build my church up. And, you know, I, I'm starting this church here. And, you know, he was all excited and, and uh, he was happy in the Lord. And, you know, he and his wife were engaged in this work. And I thought, OK, yeah, I'll, I'll come and I'll be happy to minister to you people and so forth. And so I came there and this brother who, uh, you know, we all start on the same platform. Uh, and if you're raised in church, that's good. Uh, but, but either way, you're going to have to get into the Word eventually. Well, he had gotten saved, had a wild background, had gotten saved, but he just wasn't really too much into the Word. And so when I got there, he was all consumed about making sure that the praise and worship was good. And he had he had taken the little funds that the church had, and he had hired this bunch of groupies, uh, kind of reminded me of a bunch of hippies that he pulled together so that he could have an official praise band. Well, he's got them there. They didn't have a lick of anointing. It was all in the flesh, but he had a praise and worship team, and he had to pay them dearly just to have them show up and, you know, and, and do all of that. And, and, and so I came and ministered, and then after I'd ministered, prayed for everybody, and, you know, we had a great meeting. After it's all said and done, uh, he had a little bitty peanut offering that he gave me. And he had taken uh, almost all the money that the church had, and he's giving it over uh, to this group of praise and worship team that 
uh, honestly, the elevator didn't reach the top floor on most of those guys. They just, I, I don't know, they didn't know anything about the Word of God or anything like that. But see, the pastor, he's the one setting all that up. The pastor did not see the Word as preeminent. In other words, he's not like, hey, Bring us the word of the Lord. We want to hear what God says. Now teach us. Oh, no, he didn't care about that. He just, he was all into the music. Get the music going. Get the music going. And uh, I, I tried to help him. I, now, first of all, the dishonorable offering that he gave to me, I just, I just knew in a sense he doesn't know what he's doing, so I could overlook it, forgive it. And, uh, but I did try to help him because I'm concerned about his future. And I said, I said, brother, I said, uh, I noticed you put a lot of focus and a lot of attention on the praise and worship team. But I said, really, because you're the pastor, you're, you're going to have to put the emphasis on the preaching, the teaching of the word, because that's what changes people, not, not the praise and worship. That's good. And it is biblical that, that we praise and that we worship God. But I said, you're going to have to be able to minister the word to people. And when I said that, uh, he looked at me like I was from, from Jupiter or Saturn, like I was a total weirdo that I didn't know what I was doing. Well, of course, you can see I'm still in the ministry, still preaching. My ministry is still increasing. He today has no church and he has no ministry. It just all fell apart. Why? The word was not preeminent. He did not know that he needed to sow the word into the heart of the people as seed. Oh, he's sowing stuff. He's, he's sowing a bunch of goofy stuff all done in the flesh, uh, half-baked ideas, and his, uh, his way of doing it. Well, his way crashed and burned. My friends, if you want longevity in the ministry, for those of you that are, that are called to ministry and have a heart for ministry, you're going to have to put the word first. If you don't, you will find out, unfortunately, down the road that nothing else can take that place. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. I, I ministered at another church one time, a large church, packed out, and uh, it was riding high. It was riding high. Good pastor. He could really sing. He could bring the people in just on his voice alone. And, oh, he, he certainly knew that, too. He knew he could sing. And he did. God gave him a beautiful voice. He was tall. He was handsome. Now, he was married, so that, that, that's good because you're real handsome like that. You know, you, it's good to have some balance, good to have a wife, else you're going to be fighting off these single ladies all the time. And so um, uh, he had a beautiful singing voice, and he could prophesy really, really good and really accurate. Uh, and he, he, could, he could go out there and sing, and everybody get all happy, and he could prophesy. You know what he told me, though, behind the scenes after the service was over? When I, when I preached and ministered, and we, we had a good time, when I was done ministering in this church, out of his own mouth, he said, Stephen, he said, I hate, that's literally what he said, he said, I hate preaching and teaching. He's talking about himself. Not, not, he don't mind if somebody else does it. <laughs> but he himself, he said, I hate to preach and teach. And I, oh, when I heard him say that, I could see his future cut short. I said, brother, I said, do you know why you dislike? I didn't want to use the word he did. I didn't want to use the word hate. I said, do you know why you dislike preaching and teaching? I said, because it requires study. And Paul said, study to show yourself approved. And I said, you can't just sing all the time. Okay. And you can't just like float and prophesy all the time. And sometimes that's all he did for an entire service, praise and worship. And really he was letting also the praise and worship carry a big part of that. And then he would come in and he'd do his singing and then he'd prophesy. And then uh, before you know it, they've done that for an hour and a half. And then he would just call the service. That's a wrap. Everybody go home without, without a single message. Now, I understand there can be times when the Holy Spirit will move and you, you can have a service go that way sometimes, but not all the time. Why? Because if you're not sowing the word as seed into the hearts of people, those people are not going to produce anything except empty heads full of mush. Mm -mm. Am I too honest for you today? Praise the Lord. I know that you like it. Praise God, because you want the truth. Hallelujah. You don't want to be served a bunch of baloney. You want what works. We're not in this to play some kind of a game just because this is just what we do. No, that's not what we're after. 
we're after the 100-fold return. And if we try something, it's not working. Obviously, it's not biblical. Just throw it out. We're not here to hold up sacred cows. No, let's just smash the sacred cow and get the goofy thing out of here. Get it out of the house of God. Praise God. We don't have time for games. <laughs> Life's too short. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Pastor Stephen, what happened to him? He's out of the ministry today. Oh, but Pastor Stephen, he sang so good. Oh, yeah, he was like a songbird. He could sing. He could sing the house down. He's not even in the ministry today. Lost his marriage. Marriage fell apart. Gee, I wonder why. Lost the church. Incredible. You can't, you can't survive just on charisma or anointing or gifting. You need that anointing primarily to minister the word. Praise God. So if the word is not preeminent in your life, you will never know the 100-fold return. You'll be staring through a window, window shopping all of your life, looking out on the other side of the glass, thinking, I wish I could get in there and somehow obtain that blessing of God. Mm, thank you, Jesus. So you're going to have to put it first. You're going to have to. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's continue on. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Okay? Now, those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Oh, he'll let it stay in your head. The devil doesn't care if it's in your head. You ever seen people that can quote scripture? I've seen atheists that can quote scriptures. That doesn't, that doesn't make the devil upset at all. He's already got them. Why? He's got their hearts. He does not want that word to get down into your heart, into the soil of your heart, and begin to grow. That, that's his worst nightmare. Okay. So he can actually come. That's what the birds of prey represent. You see Abraham when he made covenant with God and he split the sacrifices in half and laid them out. Suddenly here comes these birds of prey. He has to fight them off. I would encourage you. I would suggest to you that you do the same thing also and that you fight off these evil forces that would try to come and take the word out of your heart. See, it says, lest they should believe and be saved. Hey, not just the devil trying to steal it from unbelievers so that they never receive eternal life. They just put it off or whatever and just tinker around with it. And the next thing you know, he's got it. And they don't even remember what they heard. Okay, but look, he'll go after believers also. And he will take that seed of the word right out of them. And the next thing you know, the next, the very next day, within maybe just eight hours, they can't even remember what the preacher preached the day before. It's gone. Boom. Just that quick. Just that quick. So you have to really guard your heart and guard that seed of the word. Now, I was kind of trying to tabulate the number in my head. I think it was about 26 years ago. Okay. About 26 years ago, I was single and I was going to a church. The pastor said, Hey, we're going to take a bus and we're going to go to a large Christian meeting with a great man of God. That's going to be speaking very famous minister. And uh, whoever wants to go, you know, we'll go on the bus. We, you know, the, it's an out-of-state overnight trip. You know, everybody will just have their hotel room, and, you know, we'll go to the night meeting, then we'll come back the next day for the morning meeting and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, the, the bus got filled up. And so we had a bus of people going. I was on the bus, and we got there. And we went to the meeting, the first meeting. And the meeting was it was spectacular. The Spirit of God was moving. It was, the glory of God was, was, was just all in that place. And so, after the meeting was over, like 1030 at night, we come back. Each person has their hotel. And uh, it was, you know, like two people to a hotel. And so, I'm, I'm in a hotel room with uh, a Christian brother uh, about the same age. But we don't really know each other. We just, you know, both love the Lord. And we kind of got room together, got, got stuck together uh, to, to stay in the room together. He's got one bed. I've got the other bed. And, uh, you know, so that, that's the way it was for everybody on the bus. You know, two of you take a hotel room and the church paid for it. And, you know, you just contribute it to it. It was a wonderful time. But would you believe 
after having come out of that meeting, he was in the same meeting I was in. Okay, he, I think he was sitting closer to the front than I was. He had a better seat than I did. We came out of that meeting, drove back on the bus to our hotel room, got into our room, and the first thing he did, turn on that TV and start blasting the news. And that news and all the, the, all the stupid commercials, just uh, I just said, brother, I said, we just came out of the glory of God. I said, would you be okay tonight if you didn't watch TV? He goes, oh, he said, Brother Stephen, I really liked, you know, in my night watching, watching the news. And I said, well, could you at least turn it down a little bit? And um, uh, he turned it down a little bit, but he could tell that, you know, I, it was upsetting me. And he said, I'll, I'll just turn it off. But, oh, oh, he just, he, he wanted, see, he'd already forgotten what happened. It was already, the devil had already stolen it within 30 minutes. Mm, mm, mm. I have no doubt. I have no doubt the Lord had some ministry plans for that young man, just like he did for me, but he never realized it. No, you, you can't, you can't just treat these things of God lightly. Oh, not, not that you can't refresh yourself, but you have to, uh, and maybe you'll have some hobbies and things like that, but you, you come out of something like that. Mm -mm. Uh, the, the enemy, he's going to be looking for the seed to eat it. He's going to try to eat it before it gets into your heart. Well, that guy had his seed in that night. Praise the Lord. You know, um, we planted all of that grass seed only about two months ago on the front property of the church area where there was a lot of dirt and we just sowed all kinds of seed. Kelly said, uh, Stephen, do you think the, the birds are going to eat the seed? I said, well, they might get a little, let's just put so much out and just cover it with straw and, uh, and hopefully we'll be okay. And we were that whole area today is green. Ooh, praise the Lord. But you got to get the birds out of there or they'll steal it. And if they'll steal it, there's not going to be any kind of a harvest at all. Praise God. And it's not the word's fault. It's not God's fault. It is up to the individual. See, we have individual responsibility. We have individual choices. Did you know, did you know that God doesn't go to the gym? Oh, yes, he does, Pastor Stephen. It's called God's gym. No, that's called Gold's gym. <laughs> God doesn't go to the gym. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't. Mm. Hallelujah. See, God has a part to play. We have a part to play. Pastor Stephen, my health is in God's hands. Well, you know, God, God's not going to drag you to the gym. God, God's not going to drag you outside to go for a walk. Those are things that you have to do. Those are things that you make a decision to do. God does his part. We have our part to do. And so when we receive that word in seed form, which is what you're receiving right now, you have to take it, value it, and guard it and do your part. Now, verse 13. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. Woo! Praise the Lord, Pastor Stephen. I receive it. They get all joyful, all happy. That, and that's good. And these have no root who believe for a while. And in time of temptation, they fall away. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Yes, you have to guard your heart. And you have to really let the seed begin to germinate and put the roots down. What does that mean? It means you, you have to really stay plugged in with the Lord. You need your daily bread. Well, Pastor Stephen, I read my Bible. It's just dry, just as dry as dry could be. You know what? I've had that happen to me too. But it's amazing. Sometimes when you're reading and you think you're not really getting anything out of it, and maybe in a sense you aren't where you hit the gusher, or, you know, it just, it's just live and you, you're having your, your glory moment. So maybe you're just reading it and it is good. I mean, you, you enjoy reading it, but it's not like you're really hitting rhema word after explosive rhema word. You're just reading. It's kind of dry and kind of enjoying it, but it's not really doing anything. Do you know how many times I've done that thinking in my mind, oh, that was no big deal. I'm glad I read for 30 minutes. That didn't really do much for me. You know, I, I mean, I know, I know it's good, but I didn't really get any life out of that. 
I can't, I can't even begin to how many, tell you how many times I've done that. And then the very next morning, I get up real early, like maybe three or four in the morning to spend some time with the Lord. The Lord starts retalking with me everything I read before that I thought was so dry. Woo! He starts bringing it up. The Holy Spirit starts unveiling it, starts pouring life all over it and, and, and personal application for how I can use it. And I'm just like, oh, wow. Woo. See, you've got to put it in there. Just keep putting it in there. And there are the times when you'll have those days, you'll have those moments where you could literally turn anywhere and it's just leaping off the page. It is so full of life. You're just having one of those moments, one of those special times with the Lord. And that's great. But just because it's not always like that doesn't mean that you still don't need your daily bread. So I want to encourage you to put the roots down. I mean, learn your Bible. Learn it inside, outside, forwards, backwards. Get to know it. Get to know the stories. Get to know the characters. And all of that begins to form a much better visualization of God's redemptive plan for humanity from the beginning all the way up until the end and having a good understanding. It will really help you. A panorama view of God's plan for humanity and for your life as well. You'll see it as you familiarize yourself very, very well with the Word of God. So don't ever fall away. Stay in it. Stay in it. Don't ever fall away. Keep putting down the roots. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Now, verse 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are blessed in America. I do believe that America has more blessings in the sense of nice things that are available at arm's reach for about anybody uh, above any other nation on the face of the earth. We not only have grocery stores, they're all clean, and they're loaded with varieties. If you want salad dressing, well, good luck. You're going to probably stand in front of it, the salad dressing section for, uh, at least that's what guys do for like 20 minutes trying to figure out which one you want. That's why I don't do any shopping in the grocery store. I let my wife do all of it. Uh, something about us men, we go in there, we have a little bit of a brain freeze. I don't know if it's the overload of all the stuff, but you just you stand there and just look at all of it. And you just don't even really know what to do. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. So I let my wife do that. She's in and out in 20 minutes, and she seems to buy things uh, for me even better than what I could choose for my own self. Praise God. But we are blessed. But my friends, also be, be aware that with all of these options for all of the things that you could do. I mean, here in North Carolina, we have mountains. We have the foothills. We have the lowland area. We have the beach. We, we, we have nice weather. We have, all, we have biking trails. We have, we have waterfalls. I mean, you, you could just go bonkers doing all kinds of stuff. Well, we have amusement parks. What, what do you want? We've, we have it. Big city, rural area, anything in between. It's all, it's all there. Restaurant, restaurants, this, that, and the other. You know, international airport, small airport, whatever you need. You know, from the high end to the low end. Praise God. But I know what you know what I'm talking about because you have it available at your access too. And of course, many of you watching from other countries in the world, you also have beautiful privileges and even in some ways things that we don't have here. But my friends, be careful. Be careful that you don't start doing so much that you miss the focus of what it's all about, that this is extremely important. The word must Stay preeminent in your life or you're not going to produce fruit. Not only will you not get to the 100 fold, you won't even see the 30. This is very, very serious. Yes, you should consider streamlining your life. There is something about simplicity that's nice. Hallelujah. I mean, even Warren Buffett with what, $89 billion is his net worth? He lives, in a, he lives in the same house that he got married in back in the 1950s, 2,000 square foot home. 
Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not satisfied unless I've got an 8,000 square foot house. Well, look, you'll get in the 8,000 square foot house and you realize it's just, it's still just a house. <laughs> Whether it's 50,000 square feet or eight or two, it's still just a home. And the bigger and bigger it gets, the busier and busier it's going to keep you. And there's nothing wrong with that. If, if you want that, that's okay. If you can balance that, that's fine. But just remember that as you expand out, those things compete for your attention. And you've only got so much time. And even with uh, everything that would swirl around, your soul, I'm not talking about your spirit, but your soul has a limited capacity as for how much you can absorb, how much you can talk, how much you can text, how, how much, uh, you know, you can do all of this and still have quality and depth in your life. So you really have to be careful because if it starts to cut in on the word preeminence, remember, you're looking at the loss of fruit. And so you have to, you have to really stay focused. And I do believe that broken focus, if properly examined, broken focus is the reason people do not realize the potential that God has laid before them. It's, it's the reason that their dreams don't come to pass. And it's the reason that the word doesn't stay preeminent. And you get that high level of fruit. Why? Broken focus. Because of all this stuff that they're chasing. Cares, riches, and pleasures of life. The pleasures of life is big. It's big. And again, I've talked about this before. I'm not an ascetic. An ascetic would be one of the, what they would call like a monastic type person or a saintly type person that would inflict on purpose, intentionally, great discomfort upon their body in order to try to get the flesh under and you know what? I, I like a comfortable bed. I like good coffee. Uh, but there is a place you can just start getting so much uh, what we would call or what Jesus called the pleasures of life. Yeah, you get soft spiritually. And that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Mm -mm. Be careful. Luke chapter 10, verse 41, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You are worried and troubled about many things. Well, I don't know about New Zealand. I don't live there. I don't know about Hong Kong. I don't live there. But I know about America. And a lot of American Christians, the Lord would say to them the same thing. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So you could either serve the Lord, and there's a part, there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong. You could either serve the Lord, or you can sit at his feet and absorb deeply his teaching. And it's not like he's teaching all the time, okay? You, you, so you can, you can always serve, okay? But when he's teaching, and that anointing is there, let's pull back and let's stop, and let's give him our utmost attention. Let's get our notepads. Let's get our pens and let's sit at the feet of Jesus. Why? We want to keep the word. Now he is the word. That's his name. We want to keep the word preeminent in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But one thing is needed. What is that? That that's his teaching. That's his word. That's what he's saying. And he said that Mary has chosen that part and it won't be taken. See, it can't be stolen out of her heart. It's already gone from the head into the heart. The roots are already going down. Well, Pastor Stephen, but what, what about Martha? I mean, who's going to cook for Jesus? Well, that somebody should have told Martha, hey, look, Martha, over there on your refrigerator, see that little bitty, uh, uh, that little thing, uh, you know, they had these little magnet things, right? And it's on your refrigerator. It's got the phone number to Domino's Pizza. And as uh, soon as the Lord begins to wrap up the teaching, just go ahead and order like 15 pizzas. we got a lot of people here. And, uh, you know, just order the pizzas. And by the time uh, everything is done, then it'll be showing up. We'll be right on time. But, hey, you know, Martha, please take a break. He's, got, he's not going to be here forever from the sense of like that type of, you know, he's, he's busy. And plus, that earthly ministry was very limited in, in time. Mm. So it would have been much better for her to have just sat down, join her sister, sit down and listen to the Lord teach. 
Wow. Praise God. Well, Pastor Stephen, they didn't have dominoes. Well, yes, we've got we've got that understanding. But I mean, just call the falafel company and say, yeah, deliver, deliver 50 of them with a large Coke, you know, in about one hour. Just drop them off at the house. Praise the Lord. Mm. Put it first place. Put it first place in your life. Thank you, Jesus. It's good. It's good. Now, verse 15, but the ones that fell, the seeds that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Keep it and bear fruit. That would be the 100 fold return with patience. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm receiving scriptures, meditating on scriptures, get out of debt, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, you know, it took years to get into it. It took years to accumulate that. So be patient. Stay in the word. Give God's word time to work. Now, here's the good news. You're going to get out a whole lot faster than what you got in. And when you get out, you're never going to go back into it again. Praise God. So hang and hold on to the word. It is working. It is working and also exercise patience. Now, what will happen when you really give yourself to it? And even as Joshua was instructed, meditate on it day and night. Okay. When you start moving into that, whew, there will come a day. There will come a moment when you realize this is working. Praise the Lord. My efforts to put the word first place or to give it preeminence in my life, there will come a time you realize it's actually starting to work. Mm, what is one of the greatest motivators? Well, it would have to be that when you start to see positive results for whatever it is that you're doing, and when you see those results, wow, it motivates you to do what? To keep on going. And oftentimes when you see those results, not only are you motivated to continue, but oftentimes you're motivated to just like, hey, well, if this is working, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to even push it. Praise God. And here's how you can know when you're starting to get into that place. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit, it's not easy. It takes, whew, it takes tremendous discipline. Uh, and I wouldn't call it mental discipline, although that is involved. I would call it more of a spiritual discipline where it becomes a lifestyle. And when you go to sleep at night, you actually go to sleep with the word on your mind. It's, it's preeminent. And you're thinking about it because there's things you're believing God for. And you need scriptures to substantiate that and to support that and to back that. So you need the word and you have to continually be feeding yourself with the word and, and the teaching of the word. And then you wake up and you go throughout the day. And before you know it, you, you're really locked into this. And it starts to explode in you. And before you ever receive it, there comes an inner knowing. Bless the Lord. I've got this. Hallelujah. God's word is beginning to produce. And you, you know you've got it before you ever see it. There is an inner confidence that is rock solid. Like you're on concrete. And you know what? You are going to see it. If I can give some natural examples let's just talk about the human body or talk about sports there's a place in running where you may first start off as a jogger you're not even a runner yet you're just like a jogger and uh, the motions are unusual for your body and you labor and you you struggle and you think why in the world would anybody do this and you think this is so uncomfortable I remember my high school teacher she said she said Stephen I don't think I ever want to be a runner she said every time I see you out there running you look like you're in agony I said it's because it's 107 degrees <laughs> and you know the humidity is off the charts I said it's not it's not a bad thing I said it's a good thing but I said it's just this crazy South Texas weather that I'm you know having to endure while I'm out there running but um, outside of that you know I when I first started running, yeah, it was just like I, I had those thoughts. This is like crazy. This is torture. But as I kept on doing it and I had a really good coach and I kept on doing it, something something happened one day and it didn't happen overnight, but it didn't take years. It took months. But I, I started kind of like 
like, hey, I'm starting to like this. And then I started getting good at it. And then not only was I on the track team, but then I started winning track. I started winning track meets. I started winning races and stuff like that. And then somehow by God's grace and goodness and a lot of work and a lot of miles, you know, underneath my legs, having run, I became the MVP of the track team, which I never thought something like that could have happened. And then, you know, you start winning, you know, district and stuff like that. And you're like, hey, this is pretty good. And what happened from then on is just like you, you it's, it's clicked and it's working. It's working. It's the same thing with the word. You start working that word and you just start putting it in, putting it in, putting it in. And suddenly you start to realize now this, this is producing why you're seeing fruit. You're seeing fruit and you know, you're like, this is, this is awesome. And so you're going for the hundredfold. You're going for the hundredfold. Same thing with strength training. You can be a person that thinks I can never gain muscle. I'm too skinny, whatever the case might be. But there, there's a point if you just keep consuming the right amount of protein, which is a lot, okay, and, and, you're, and you're eating, but you're hitting the weights, you're hitting the weights, there will come a time, and it may look like nothing's really happening. There will come a time a few months into it where your body catches fire, and all of those anabolic receptors start clicking, and it's just like the next thing you know, your people are starting to notice, and your shirts are getting too tight, and the muscles are popping out. And it's no mystery. It's no mystery. If you just put that effort and that work into it and keep sowing it, keep sowing it, it'll produce. It's the same thing with the word. Keep sowing the word as seed into your heart. You're going to have a harvest. Glory to God. This is not rocket science. This is just basic farming. Okay. But it will work. And you can have the 100-fold return. But a lot of it, it involves your, your effort, your effort to hear. And to hear, how does faith come? It comes by hearing, but in the Greek that implies you've got to keep hearing and hearing and hearing. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm getting tired of hearing. Oh, well, then you're getting tired of winning. Pastor Stephen, I'm getting tired of hearing. Or then you're just backing off the 100-fold return. Mm -mm. No, my friends, stay with it. Stay with it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you this right now. The Word has got to become preeminent over the Dallas Cowboys. I, I, I had a barber one time. He, he's a Christian. He wanted to be a preacher. <laughs> and I, there was really a calling. There was a calling for him. He wanted to be a preacher. Um, and I, but I don't know how much he could quote the Bible. But I'll tell you one thing. He could quote you every stat about the Dallas Cowboys. That's all he talked about. And he talked about it for eight hours a day with anybody that came in cutting hair. He'd, he'd want to talk with me about the Cowboys. I wasn't really into it that much. But I could still, I'd, I'd, I'd entertain him a little bit so that he cuts my hair good and doesn't mess up. Because maybe he gets off on a conversation he's not interested in. Maybe he's not going to give me a very good haircut. But as long as I kind of like uh, talked with him about the Cowboys, he'd always give me a real good uh, haircut. But uh, he could tell you everything, stats, statistics, you know, yardage, uh, this, that, the other, injury report, the whole team, you know, not just the starters, the backup, every, everything. He, had, he, could, he could theorize about how the year was going to be. And then, oh, don't get him on the Carolina Panthers. He'd start talking about that, too. Mm -mm. But you got him over on the Bible. Sometimes I try to get him over on the Word, and he could no, he couldn't go deep. Just a little bit of surface stuff. And the surface stuff he knew didn't have any life in it. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't navigate those waters. Now, can you imagine a person like that? And the seed of the word is sown to a person like that. And God, God says, now produce a hundredfold. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, as soon as the word's been sown, he's going to leave. and He's going to write home and he's going to turn on that TV. What are they doing? What are the Cowboys doing today? Well, they're not playing today, but I better find out what's, what's going on. And some people are like that with stocks, and some people are like that with real estate, and some people are like that with, you know, their hobby or whatever it is. And look, you need to know your stuff. You need to know your life. You need to know your career field. You need to be aware of certain things. But I, all I'm saying, if the word is not preeminent, all this other stuff will choke it. It'll choke it. Pastor Stephen, it's not working. I, I don't understand why. So, well, something's choking it. Something is not working there okay and so there's only a couple of areas we've only got four four conditions of the heart really that we're looking at here so somewhere in here we can find we can find where you're at somewhere in there we can find where you're at mm -mm. but I believe that's why you're here I believe 
you're the kind of person that has a noble heart. The very fact that you're here tells me you have a noble heart. The very fact that you would show up twice a week and listen to these messages. Sometimes I get happy and I preach. I, I, I'm not like the typical preacher. And why should I be? I mean, uh, Internet's free, right? So if I if free airtime and the spirit's moving, well, just keep on talking. Hallelujah. I'll keep on sharing. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, so sometimes I'll go an hour and a half. I think last Sunday I preached an hour and 40 minutes, hour, 43 minutes or something like that. But you know what? What am I doing? Sowing seed into your heart, the soil of your heart. I want you to be a success in life. Hallelujah. I want people to look at you and I want them to say, I want my life to be like that person's. I like their life. I like what they're, I, I like the way their life is. And it's, it's the God life. John chapter 10, verse 10. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Praise the Lord. The word life there in the Greek is the word zoe, Z-O-E, and it means the God quality of living. Is that the way you're living right now? Well, if not, if not, begin to put a priority on the word. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In a church service, preeminence always goes to the word. Always to the Word. Because that's what you live on. That's what you live on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And in your life, you need to give it the highest respect. Lord, we give you praise. Verse 18, he wraps it up. Therefore, take heed how you hear. This is extremely important. Take heed how you hear. For whoever has... To him, more will be given. He just wrecked socialism right there. Socialism is a total lie of the devil. Now, Pastor Stephen, we need to take it, and we need to distribute to everybody. The ones that are lazy, they need to have the same amount as those that worked hard and really exerted themselves and used their brains and their muscles and their sweat and their toil. We just need to spread it out to everybody. No, no, no. That's not what Jesus taught. Mm -mm. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him, more will be given. Well, you, now you, would think, you would think the way some people think, that whoever has, oh, we need to take from them and give to them over here that don't have anything. But that's not what he says. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken, will be taken from him. Look, if you're not interested in wisdom, God can't help you. If a person wants to say stupid, and sadly to say, yes, you can be a Christian, and you can be stupid. You can be a Christian and live your life making stupid decisions. If you're not interested in wisdom, God can help you. Mm. You have to love the Word. You have to love the Word. And when I'm talking about the Word, I'm talking about the teachings of God's Word, but I'm talking about taking them and applying them to your life. Well, Pastor Stephen, I love Jesus. Well, if you love Jesus, you'll love his word. Well, I'm not really into the word. I'm not really into the word. Then you're not into him. You're not into him. Because he said he has exalted his word above his own name. By the way, if your word's no good, your name's no good either. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I put a big emphasis on my name. Well, then you should keep your word. Mm. Woo! I, I, I don't know how it is where you live. I, I know in this county, there's some really good lying Christians. Yes, they're saved. I don't doubt their salvation. But, man, you, you couldn't trust them for anything. I, I've seen some of them say, I'll do this. You can count on me. And then not do it. Mm. Mm -mm. Now, we, as a ministry here, have even hired certain contractors to do work, work that was quoted for, and they would do maybe 80% of it, and, and they would leave. And that's why I also learned years back, don't ever pay the full amount until the full amount of work is accomplished. <laughs> 
praise the Lord. But some of them, you know, they'll think, well, that's good enough. And they just didn't do what they said. And they would leave. I'll come back. I'm coming back tomorrow, Pastor Stephen. I'm going to finish that. I've got to run over here and do a job. Well, three years went by. They never came back. Five years, ten years, they never came back. And I called too. Hey, brother, you're going to come back and do that work? You gave your word. Yeah, I, I'm coming back, Pastor Stephen. I'm coming back. They, 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 and they're totally lying. They know they're not coming back. Totally lying. Mm, mm, mm. Pastor Stephen, I love Jesus. Well, do you love his word? Well, you know, I'm not really, you know, see, that, that, that's why. So what's going to happen to them? No fruit. No fruit. The blessings of God. Just out of reach. Certainly not a hundredfold. But look, we're talking not even, not even 30. Why? There's no fruit. There's no fruit. Mm-mm. So take it. Meditate on it. Stay with it. And stay in it. And you'll see it's working. And it's working. What happens? You just like, man, uh, it's, it's happening. And so you're, you're, you're excited in the sense like, wow, I've got harvest. I've got harvest here, 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 here. And uh, th- this, is, this is just fantastic. And so you're in it. And so when that happens, when you see and that, that's the, that's the kind of people I'm talking to. I know that's your heart. You are 100-fold soil. Mm-mm. And so just keep working it. Keep doing what you're doing. And I'm not surprised when you see it. You actually think, well, if this is working this good, I think I'll push, push a little bit more. Mm-mm. Yes, by all means, praise God. But that's why it works for some in the body of Christ and not for others. It's not, Scott, it's not God's fault, and it's certainly nothing wrong with the seed. The seed is the word, okay? But it's the condition of the soil. Hallelujah. And that soil is our hearts. Now, let's lift our hands. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we want to be that 100-fold soil. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Father, let all past seeds that have been sown that lay dormant because of the Word not being exalted as preeminent in our lives, Lord, as we Make those right alignments with that heart condition. Let those seeds come alive. Let those seeds come alive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I spend time with the Lord, not just to get messages. Although I have to spend time with Him to get the messages. But that's not why. I spend the time with him. I spend the time with him so that I can also bear fruit. Praise the Lord. So that my heart is right. And so that there can be evidence. Praise the Lord. See, Jesus said that wisdom is justified by your children. In other words, you should be able to look and see proofs of wisdom. Mm-mm. That's the fruit. That's the fruit being produced in your life. Hallelujah. And you're going to have a whole bunch of it. My friends, this is harvest time. I want you to be expecting the 100-fold return in your life. As you're sowing your seed for Pentecost, sow your seed and just believe God for the 100-fold. Stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. Hallelujah. You need healing in your body? Get into the Word. Get into the Word. Day and night. Day and night. Hallelujah, walking with God, walking in obedience. And see, the Word is a mirror. And as you are in it, it'll start talking to you, start reflecting back to you what needs to be worked on. Mm. And you have to be willing to make those adjustments. Praise the Lord. I really tried to help a lady one time, one of my church members, I tried to help her. And a good lady loved the Lord and knew the word, and uh, she's in the word uh, often, but I could tell it's not cooking. It's not working. And I tried, to tell, I tried to tell her, I said, Sister, I know you're in the word, but, you know, this is not just like some kind of redundant thing that we do. You have to really, as you're in it, you have to obey it and walk it out and live it. I said, are you harboring 
any unforgiveness towards anybody? Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, I love Jesus. I wouldn't do that. I know that Jesus said to forgive. Mm. And you know what? People, they can, we can all put guards up. We can all block access from others out. I mean, we can even block it out from God. Not, not that he doesn't know what's in there, but we could say, Lord, you're not allowed into this certain chamber. I, I, there's something I'm harboring here. Well, she never would give me access to work with her one-on-one in the sense where she yielded that area. You know, and you know, if you hide your sin from the Lord, that, that thing can take you out. Her husband came to me one time in private, and he said, Pastor Stephen, he said, my wife is sick. I said, yes, she is. She doesn't get this worked out. She's probably going to die. He said, I know. He said, I made a great mistake in my life. And I did something against my wife that greatly grieved her. And now she says that she's forgiven me, but he says, I know she hasn't. I can tell by the attitude. I can tell by that. She, she keeps a, a distance there because I hurt her and I asked for forgiveness. And she says she's forgiven me, but he says, he said, I know she hasn't. And um, I said, well, that's between her and the Lord. I said, you've done your part. You, you, you did what you could, and um, you asked for forgiveness, and you straightened that area up, and you've been good. You've been a good husband to her. So you know what's between her and the Lord? Well, you know, she didn't deal with it, and she died. She died. Well, Pastor Stephen, it didn't work. Well, you know, you have to let it come in. And when that word comes in, yes, you embrace it. You embrace it, and you have to forgive people. You have to love people, just as God forgave us. This is for somebody, okay? You're, you're, this is an area that's tough for you, okay? I'm not saying it's easy. And I, I don't speak to you like, hey, this is easy, just forgive. I, I know there can be things that, that are really bad, okay? But God forgave all of our bad junk. So we need to be willing to forgive others just the way God forgave us. Praise the Lord. So please let it go and forgive them so that the word can work in your heart. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, that unforgiveness will block. It will so fast block the word from working. Mm. You cannot. Let me say it like this. When you're faced with that temptation not to forgive. Can I give you something that will motivate you to forgive? What can motivate you to forgive is being aware of all the blessing that God wants to produce in your life that 100 fold. And suddenly when you see that, you're like, oh, yes, Lord, I forgive. <laughs> well, why? Right focus. Right, you, now, now the word is becoming preeminent. Okay, yes, Lord, I forgive. Lord, bless them. Lord, I let it go in the name of Jesus. Lord, I really believe you're going to do this for me. Lord, I'm back on the word. Yes. And now your joy is back and you're back on track. That's where God wants you to be. So, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. Now, Father, bless your people. If there's anybody dealing with unforgiveness, let them walk in your word, which means that they forgive. This is you have forgiven us. Thank you, O oh God. If you're struggling with that, just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I forgive them just as you've forgiven me. Thank you, Jesus. And now I pick back up your word and I go on with you now with my heart being in a noble state. Thank you, Jesus. I'm ready for the hundredfold. Hallelujah. Amen. Now stay with him close. Hallelujah. And don't ever drift from him where you get back into those yucky areas. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you know, if your life ended right now and you had to stand before a holy God and receive judgment, you know what? Your sins would separate you from God and you could not go to heaven. But Jesus has made a remedy for the sin condition of humanity. He went to Calvary and he died in your place and the punishment that you and I deserve because of our sins. He bore it so that we could receive forgiveness and that we could have access into heaven through his shed blood. So if you want to go to heaven and you want to receive forgiveness of your sins and you want to be right with God, 
Pray this prayer right now, out loud after me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and wash all of my sins away. Jesus, give me your new life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I give my heart to you. I give my life to you. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. And I forgive anybody who sinned against me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. And the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now because you've made that decision. Now serve the Lord, follow Him, and serve Him all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. I'm telling you, the 100-fold return is so close to you, you could just about reach out and touch it. Woo, glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you for sowing your Pentecost seed. Your Pentecost seed is going to be used to purchase airtime as we are stepping out in faith to touch more people around the world with the love of Jesus and the message of faith and a close walk with God. Thank you for sowing your seed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to now get ready to take Holy Communion. May I say also that the fence on the church property is going up. The final stages are going up. It looks beautiful. As I was just recently outside, a person walking by said, wow, it looks absolutely amazing. That's what a local person who lives right down the street said. And it is beautiful. It's, it's phenomenal. And they're almost on the final stage, which is the gate. Woo, hallelujah. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. All of you that sowed into that, be expecting the 100-fold return. I know that the fence of God's divine protection is around your life. Thank you, Jesus. And also, as we come into Pentecost, sow your sacrificial, your very best Pentecostal seed, because we are going to take the message of salvation in Christ and the message of faith in God's preeminent word we're going to take it all around the world glory to God and we can all share in that harvest together now father we thank you for the bread and the juice we consecrate this and set this apart as holy now through this special prayer this is now the flesh and the blood of our great Savior father as we receive his body his flesh Father, we just thank you that we put his word in a preeminent place within our heart. His word is the final say-so in everything that we do. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. And as we receive his flesh, we receive your grace to hear and to obey. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Some of you make, need to make that move a little bit. Uh, sometimes you get into the Mary zone, but you've been in the Martha zone too much. Well, Pastor Steve, Mary, she's just an old lazy person that she never made her bed. And she was probably always looking for a handout. No, no, no. Mary had it together. She was sharp as a tack. She just knew when to stop. Okay, and when to sit at the master's feet. So some of you need to move a little bit out of that Martha zone. Praise the Lord. And you need to be able to put the brakes on when you need to and say all this stuff is good, but we've got to put the word first place. Mm -mm. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for your patience with us, developing us and helping us to become more like Jesus. Thank you, O God. Let us be in that merry bracket where we stop and we receive the nourishment that we need. Lord, help us with our hearing. Help us with our hearing. Thank you. Help us to really take it to heart. Thank you, O God. Thank you. And we thank you that because we do, you're going to give us greater things to hear, greater revelation, greater understanding in our hearing. Praise you, O God. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name.
Let us now receive the blood of our Savior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give God's word preeminence, regardless of how it comes from the written word or from the spoken word of the Spirit of God, taking that word, taking the voice of Jesus and relaying it to you. You know, R.W. Schambach, the wonderful evangelist who is now in heaven, he told the story of a lady that came to him and said, Brother Schambach, I was at my house baking a cake, and um, the cake is in the oven, and it has to bake for 50 minutes, and I can't move around the house, or the cake might fall. So she said, I was in my house, the cake is baking, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, go to the hospital right now and pray for the person in room two." Zero two, and she said, "Holy Spirit, I'll go as soon as the cake is done. Because if I walk through the house, the cake might fall." And the Lord didn't say anything; didn't answer back. Well, she waits. The cake gets done. She takes the cake out, puts it on the rack to cool, and leaves and goes to the hospital. Brings her Bible like a good Christian lady gets to the hospital and uh, go, goes to the, uh, you know, second floor and says, I want to go to room 202 and pray for the person that's there. They, they said, well, you, you can't. They said the person died 20 minutes ago. And uh, you know what? When the word of the Lord comes, you must make it preeminent. But Pastor Stephen, that's a cake. Well, you have to put the word over the cake. Sometimes the word will come and it will interrupt your very favorite thing that you're doing. You must put the word first in areas of obedience in the basics. Sometimes that can be, you know, common. We, we know this is right. This is wrong. We're going to put the word first. We're going to do what's right. Okay. But in other areas, it can come to do this. Well, not right now. I mean, after all, Lord, what do you expect me to do? Turn off the TV? Yes, that's exactly what he expects you to do. He wants to talk to you right now. <laughs> well, as soon as I get done watching the show, then he can say whatever he'd like. He won't be there when you get done watching the show. He wants preeminence. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you that you're just working. Let that be settled in our lives. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. My friends, thank you for watching today. I know that the soil of your heart is noble. I see you as a noble-hearted person. And I believe because of that, the word of the Lord will continue to lift you higher and higher and higher. And I believe that even now, you're going to begin to see it working so strongly that you will say it is working. Praise the Lord. And fruit will be everywhere that you look. Praise God. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.